They always say that business isn't personal. It's not personal. It's strictly business, they say. I like my business life and my personal life to be distinct, they always say. None of that has ever sat well with me. Welcome back to Why Are We Shouting? With me, Jill Salzman, here to help entrepreneurs get down to business. I want to talk to you about small business blunders, ways that entrepreneurs shine, and valuable lessons about growing your biz. This week, I decided to call up a few colleagues with very different backgrounds to find out just how personal business can get. First up, I called Melissa Ford. She's a business coach, author, and game changer who has had such a successful career that she wrote about it in her book, Living Service, The Journey of a Prosperous Coach. I then spoke to Eric Kasimov, who runs CazSource, where he helps leaders create opportunities for their businesses through content, marketing, insurance, and his fantastic podcast, Entrepreneur Perspectives. Finally, I reached out to Marky Lemons-Ryle, who's a hoot. She's a social media speaker and a Facebook Live host that provides realtors with social media education and strategies to success. So I asked three different people two very different questions. First, I asked Melissa and Eric what big business mistake changed the way that they do business. I called Marky, who focuses on such a specific niche, not just helping folks with marketing, but helping realtors specifically with social media specifically. Why on earth she dove into such a specific practice? Thinking, you know, like, doesn't she get bored? As I was listening back to each answer, I thought, there's a common theme here. They all approach business differently. They run their businesses very differently, and they live in completely different places. But when you ask strong, successful business owners what their turning point was or why they do what they do, it gets very personal. Here's Melissa. The biggest mistake that I was making was that I was not treating my business like it was a business, but rather a personal extension of me. So that when I talk to people, it was personal. It meant something about me. Or when I offered somebody a conversation to come in and talk to me because my business is coaching, it would mean something about me if they said no or thank you, but uh, not right now or whatever response that I might get. So the biggest mistake I made was personalizing things because it created dysfunction and it was so personal. It was painful at times and it was all about me. Turns out, Melissa personalized things. What did it cost her? So it cost me money. It took the fun out of running a business like a game. It made it challenging to be direct with people because, my gosh, if I were direct, what might they think of me? You know, greedy or aggressive or whatever else I was thinking. And the other thing, too, by personalizing, I missed opportunities because I was constantly aware of how I was coming off and I didn't want to be perceived in a particular way, that I would miss opportunities to serve other people where I might be able to help, I might be able to um, create a client, make a difference in their lives. 
So that was the biggest mistake that I made. And it really caught me thinking that if I wanted to have a business long term, something that was sustainable, I was going to have to remove the personal. I was going to have to stop making meaning about me. I was really going to have to see my business as something separate and apart from me, something that I served, something that required me to take care of it, rather than this just being about me. Eric told me a story about how his business world changed. I was working on a very large, significantly large life insurance case. This case had been multiple years in the making. In the insurance business, if you've ever applied for life insurance, you understand how painful the process can be. We get an agreement with everyone involved. This includes attorneys, CPAs, the client, his family, you know, the insurance agents, you name it, the insurance companies, business partners, everyone had to get into this process of making this decision to say, yes, let's go forward with this life insurance case. It's an incredible deal. Exceptions all around, right, to get this deal go through. In the life insurance business, like in a lot of things, you can return the product. It never happens because like I just told you, the life insurance acquisition process is so long that it's very rare for someone to go through that entire process and they say, you know what, I've decided after all this and I've done everything I needed to do, I'm now going to back out. We get to the 10th day of this policy being in force and we get, I get a phone call, I'm sitting at the desk, I'm actually sitting at right now, and the individual uh, who's an agent who I've known for many years calls me up and says, Eric, the client would like to 10-day uh, free look this policy. All of this work was gone. Put the phone down after the conversation when I realized it was real. I went downstairs and I sat outside. There's this bench outside and I was feeling sorry for myself and I was feeling sad for all the people that were involved in this process internally at my company. But I also realized how lack of a control that we had with this situation. There were so many factors that played a part and you're never fully in control and I'm well aware of that. But I sat there and that was the day that I decided that was absolutely going to, you call it what you want to call it or whatever it's called, double down on the content creation business. I realized right then and there, I could tell stories. I could share this situation that I just went through to help other people out, to help myself out, to help the people in my company. And that was the moment that it was like, I'm not just someone in the insurance business. For Eric, it was about feeling out of control. His client bailed on him, and where most people would eventually shrug it off and truck forward, that experience redirected Eric. Here's why. Me letting go and giving up control on the other end of the spectrum, because I think it pulls two ways, has actually helped us take another step. I had done what I needed to do leading this company. It, not that it's over, right? But for that specific situation of creating content, I can't see every single word that goes out. I can't, you know, if there's a client conversation, I can't be in every single client conversation. I knew this before, but it took this moment of like, I have to let go. Finally, here's what Marky had to say. So 2006, the profile of buyers and sellers came out from the National Association of Realtors. It stated in 1995, 2% of buyers were using the internet. When I read the report, the number's 80%. I'm like, 78% growth. Oh, my God. I don't even like the internet. I don't like social media. I don't like technology. And I have a good friend, uh, Freddie Taylor. He's a very successful uh, internet entrepreneur. And he was like, girl, you're going to have to use this thing called Facebook. And I'm like, who got time to tell Facebook some of its business? And to me, Facebook is kind of like a drug. 
where they say one is too many, a thousand is never enough. When you generate that first lead from social media and technology and you didn't have to spend money, you just had to hang out and be social, right? Which was right up my alley. I'm like, oh, I love this thing. Soon thereafter, probably within a couple of months, I told my husband they would pay me to teach Facebook. Till this day, my husband believes that Facebook is the work of the devil and he does not have a Facebook account. They are not going to teach you. They're not going to pay you to teach them no Facebook. Well, I rub it in his face. So part of it was the fact of what the number said. The other part was to make my husband look like a lie, right? (laughs) Everything that I do leads to how do I earn the most amount of money per hour working the fewest hours possible, even though I would have been on the road 100 nights this year. I knew that when the racial and social injustice came about uh, as an African-American female living in a what is viewed by most the most segregated city racially and economically, but I operate in a predominantly Caucasian environment, that I had to do something that would be of value. And so I've leveraged the time to not concentrate on the problem, but to focus on solutions. And it's been very beneficial to me short term. And I'm foreseeing long term with some of the things that I've been able to create and leverage. But more importantly, I want to emerge better than what I came in. You see a lot of people losing sight of the person they were projecting to the world in the midst of turmoil. I asked her what the biggest notion was that she walked into entrepreneurship with, one that was squashed maybe over time. Thinking it's all about you. Your business is never about you. It's to be of service to as many people as possible. So what their needs and wants are should be your business, to be quite honest with you. You're you're solving their problems. But the number one piece of advice is a piece of advice my mother gave me. My mother passed away uh, a week before I got married. And I wasn't due to get married when my mother passed away. I just need you to know that. And she told me, she says, Marky, Stephen very well may be your husband. Every single day I see women who lose themselves in their husband. She said, you are destined for greatness. Do not lose sight of your personal dreams and your goals. She says, and don't make Stephen catch up. She said, either Stephen will get tired of holding on and he'll let go, or Stephen will get tired of holding on and he'll catch up. You let that be his decision. You keep doing you. So the joke at my house is, Stephen is holding on for dear life. What their needs and wants are should be your business. That's a strikingly different sentiment than what we hear repeated in the business realm. Focus on your dreams. Focus on your goals. Nuh-uh. It's not about you. But it is about how you take in business lessons and what you choose to do with them, just like Eric, Melissa, and Marky did with the lessons that they learned over time. So how personal is your business? Call or text me at 708 872 7878 and tell me all about it. You don't call, you don't write. Do both. Go to jillsalzman.com slash podcast to record me a message, ask a question, leave a comment so that I can talk to you in a future episode. Shout out to Amanda, Lindsay, Aaron, Eric, Marky, and Melissa for making today's podcast with me. And thanks to you for listening. I'll see you next week.